Happy Wednesday. Oh my gosh. You guys, I got to tell you a story really quick. <laughs> Just saying happy Wednesday reminded me of this. My days have been so confused. So confused. I don't know what my deal is, but I am just like, I have no clue as to what day I'm in half the time. And so yesterday, Autumn and I had run over to Manhattan to pick up some things for the church. And, and I thought, well, didn't find what I was looking for. Let's check out Restore and see what they've got. Cause I knew that they were open on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And so we pull in and I'm like, my goodness, it's awfully empty. There's no cars parked here. And Adam's like, well, it's the middle of the day. And I was like, sure. And so I'm like, pull all the way in just to make sure that I'm right, that they're open on Wednesdays. And I'm like, see, it says right there, they're open on Wednesdays. <laughs> I get out of the car. <laughs> I go up and I'm like, the door won't open. And Autumn's like, mom, they don't open till Wednesday. And I was like, it is not Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) This is how how confused my brain is right now. And I don't know why I, it's just, everything feels swirly. And, um, and also I feel like things are changing and shifting and, and so I think that contributes to it. So anyway, that was my very blonde moment. And um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But Wednesdays, they have become one of my favorite days of the week. I just, I love Wednesdays. I love starting off here with you guys. And then we get to do Kingdom Indivisible, which I absolutely love. And um, and then we get to dive into Warrior Worship Wednesday. You have to say it like that. Like you have to kind of growl it. <laughs> there has to be some oomph behind it. Yes. It needs to be like in this deep chesty voice. Like a warrior when you say Yes. It. <laughs> it needs a war cry behind it. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Anyway, Lisa, good morning from Connecticut. Um, I do believe we're down to three weeks. Um, three weeks today, actually, before Lisa arrives in Kansas. That's exciting. And to anyone else who is joining us and hasn't yet said hello, and just in case you need permission, you're welcome to leave a comment. Tell us where you're listening from. We love interaction. So I will not waste any more time rambling and just hand this thing over to Pepper because she has the word of the Lord this morning. Pepper. Good morning. Good morning. Uh you know, we're still, we're still talking about the jubilant soul. And so this, this, this too is about the jubilant soul. But what I heard the Lord saying to me this week, he reminded me that the king is in the field and I don't follow the Hebraic calendar very closely. I follow it very loosely, but, uh, I, I thought the the month, the Rosh Kadesh, as they call it, it's a little, I thought it had passed, but when I looked it up, it's actually in August. And so um, just quickly what that means, you're probably more familiar with it than I am, the listeners. But basically, um, you know, to go before the king, there was a protocol. You know, I kind of think of it in my Western mind as a uh, medieval secret service <laughs> for the president or, you know, like the guardsmen for the the king of England or the queen. But, um, you know, and it's my understanding that the cupbearer, it wasn't just an easy job of bearing the cup. The, the cupbearer had to test things before they came before the king to make sure the king didn't get poisoned or didn't get bad food, you know. And so throughout the Bible, there's this protocol. That's why Esther said, you know, well, if I die, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to see the king because there was risk involved to approach the king. And so um, I won't, I won't go into reading that, but I just Googled it. So if you just Google uh, Elul or the king is in the field, if you want more background in scriptures, it'll give it to you. But uh Second Chronicles is one of them where it talks about Jehoshaphat. He was one of the kings that came out in the field um, for the purpose of restoration. Um, it says the king went into the field to turn the people's heart back to the Lord. Uh, Melchizedek was a king that went into the field and gave gifts. So we see precedent and precedence in the scripture for the king being in the field. 
And so my sense is it's time for us to start asking, Um, but we need to be positioned right for the asking. We don't just want to willy nilly just start, oh, I want a car, I want a house, I want I want a prophetic ministry. I want to, you know, <laughs> there is a way to approach the king. And the fear of the Lord should be, quite frankly, on what we ask and what we desire and, and wisdom and common sense, you know, and what the Lord was saying to me. We don't want anything in our lives that we want or need or desire that screams Jesus is not enough. Mm. No matter what we come before the king with Jesus is always enough because this is the king that we're coming before. And so our cry should be, nothing can separate me from the love of God. And I, I want to read Romans, and we're all familiar with this. Romans eight thirty eight. 38. Um, I'll start there. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And then the passion puts it, so we see nothing can stop the flow of love from God to us. And so we know that's true. But we also know we can allow things, whatever those things are, to get in the way of that flow of God's love to us. So um, therefore, I feel like God says we... We need to be reminded and, and keep, you know, keep in mind what are true riches, you know, what are true riches, keep in mind what's temporal, what's eternal, because, you know, he said, lay up treasure in heaven, that that's, you know, that that's lasting treasure. But we know that there are things that he wants to get to us in the natural realm, too. Um, I love this. I, I used to say this for years and years, you know, because I would go through these periods of my life where there was just this discontentment. And so I even just wrote it out and put it on my fridge. But it's First Timothy uh, 6, 6, where it says true godliness and contentment itself is great wealth. And then, uh, you know, Paul, Paul said, in I think Philippians, what, whatever state I find myself in, I, I've just learned to be content, to be satisfied. You know, sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I bounce, sometimes I abase. But wherever I'm at, I've just trained my soul. I, I've learned, just be content, <laughs> you know. Um, but um, I'm going to read some more in First Timothy 6, 7. Um True godliness and contentment itself is great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and perceive and pierce themselves with many sorrows. Mm. So um, you guys jump in, but I, I felt that was important to just get rooted and grounding it in what is true. wealth, what is true? What are true riches? Yeah. And, and this is something that, that we, we talk about every so often. We talk about, you know, as, as sons and daughters, our, our inheritance is the kingdom. That That is our source of wealth is inheritance. And, and, and how are we spending that? You mm. know, are we spending that? Are we laying hold of what it is that he has set out as an offering before us? Or are we just taking that for granted and and living our our simple lives? 
he's looking for risk takers, right? Like that yes. is, that is <laughs> life is those yeah. risk takers. And what are we going to do with the wealth that's laid before us? I mean, it's literally at our feet. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. at our disposal. We just have to lay hold of it. And I just love this, this concept of the king is mm-hmm. in the field mm-hmm. and a lull because I did a quick search. A lull mm-hmm. is, is said to be an acronym actually for the, the famous line in song of songs of um, my beloved is mine and, or I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. And mm-hmm. so it's a space of intimacy. It's a space oh. where the king has a, extended his scepter which is an invitation come close come Mm. closer which is for me i mean i just i i love these have been harder times for me because i am so much more accustomed to squishy jesus if you will (laughs) intimate times with jesus and Mm. and he's presenting more like a, a roaring lion right now and um and so I, I I have longed I found myself longing for the days of like oh can we just get back to you know what we used to have Jesus and and, and I am not disregarding the way that he is showing up now because I've sure. learned so much and I've grown so much but this idea of him still remaining the king, but I get to come close to him and learn a new way of being intimate with that roaring lion. And because I don't think he's going away. <laughs> we just have to to learn new rhythms of intimacy. Vince, jump in. Uh, this this is a, a fun topic. And, and I like uh, I like what you're bringing up, Pepper, about Jesus being enough. And uh, our actions need to line up with our our declaration of that. And and one of the big things he's been talking to me about and uh, after sitting in, in in some time with Holy Spirit uh, yesterday and then uh, the early this morning, him talking to me about uh, not doing things of my own strength, not doing, not trying to be my own provider is is not something he's just saying to me. This is mm-hmm. a message that needs to go out wide to everyone uh, because it is a problem. It, it is a, a real problem in the body of Christ right now that we are trying to do things at our own strength and our own understanding and be our own provider. Yeah. And, and that's, that is not backing up the declaration that Jesus is enough. It, it's yeah. not uh, yeah. like you're talking about being content with what he is uh, providing for us and you know, what he's bringing us into. And uh, there's a couple of scriptures that uh, he highlighted uh, for me. The first one was second Corinthians uh, 12, nine and 10. It says, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. Mm-hmm. So I will celebrate my weaknesses for when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Mm. And I just love being able to open ourselves up to that and be like, ah, I I can't do this in my own strength, but Jesus, you are enough. And you get to be on full display. Your glory gets to be magnified when when we celebrate that you know we don't look at the the thorn in our side like paul was talking about here as anything other than an opportunity for jesus to show off and and to be enough for us yeah and the other scripture that was highlighted was colossians 3 uh, 10 and 11 it says for you have acquired new creation life which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you giving you the full revelation of God in this new creation life. Your nationality makes no difference, nor your ethnicity, education, or economic status. They matter nothing for it is Christ. That means everything as he lives in every one of us. That's, that's the, the, the sufficiency that we have right there. Um, you, you can certainly go out and make an attempt to uh, do things in your own power, in your, your own understanding uh, but that pulls uh, glory back to you. It, it doesn't push it out onto 
onto Jesus and, and allow us to um, offer him the, the reward of his suffering. Uh, no, I'm not phrasing that quite right, but you get the idea of what I'm saying. You get it. It's my favorite uh, thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that new creation life, it's it's about that that mystical connection, that that connection that's that's beyond our understanding, uh, um, beyond our ability to reason into, uh, beyond a fleeting feeling, uh, yeah. you know that that can uh, lie to us. It's it's beyond that. So you know, you talked about intimacy. It has to be there. It has to start from there, mm-hmm. and and we have to know that entering into that intimacy, Jesus is enough. Uh, our, our life, it, it's, it's, and it's not about just the, the, the mind, will, and emotions. It's not just about that soul, right? It, it's about uh, an entire life that is to be experienced with Jesus, not just uh, um, tried to reason into there, there is an experience there. Um, and, and he is the one who has sacrificed uh, uh, for us. And, and that is, is a sufficient sacrifice. And uh, he's the one whose uh, brutal beating is the provision for our healing. Uh, he is uh, the one whose blood is our very life source. And so he has to be enough. Our, our, our soul should be jubilant in the fact that Jesus is enough. He yeah. is strength. He is a provision for us. He is the one who we lean on for revelation and understanding. <clears throat> Yeah, I I love that you brought up a a brutal beating because Proverbs tells us that a a brutal beating cleanses the soul and it is the only thing that will cleanse the soul. And that is not saying that, I mean, we've joked around for years about this this topic when we're like, yeah, you just need a brutal beating. But that's not (laughs) uh, obviously that another has taken on the brutal beating to cleanse our soul because of what he's done we can lean in and know that he wants to bring us a jubilant season of our soul. He wants to clean out every corner and crevice. And here's the deal. Like we are a little bit glory hounds, right? Like we kind of, we kind of like to be in the limelight. We kind of like to be like, see me, see me. And, and we want the credit. The thing is, is that we will never, ever, ever have enough integrity in ourselves to carry what it is that he wants released. Therefore, Jesus has to be enough because Angie Mm. never will be. I will never, ever be. And I'm talking about like integrity. I I love to think about it in terms of structure. This structure can never hold the weighty glory that he is wanting to release. I will never be able to house it fully, but he can because he is enough. I'm not. What he's done is effective enough to to clean things enough so that I I can hold measure, right? But it's never going to be the same as he has all the glory, all the power, all the honor, right? He is the one that is so worthy of. And how many times do I step in and try to usurp his worth just so people see me, Mm. you know? These are the things that we have to be mindful of. And, and when we're talking about the king being in the field and him extending his scepter to us to come close, ask of me what you will. I don't want to ask for inappropriate things. I don't want to yeah. ask for things that I cannot steward well. Yeah. And I, there has been seasons where God has, he has given me the things that I have poured over in prayer. And I can look back in hindsight, right? And and go like, uh, why on earth did you give this to me? You know, <laughs> like I clearly was not capable of of stewarding that with the right regard. I, I Pepper and I have had this conversation, and we may have even had a conversation on here about you know even the plunder, because there is a plunder on the backside of every move that God makes, because He will make the enemy pay. For what he's done and I don't even want to lay my hands on the plunder if I am not in a state of regarding him as pure holiness yes I won't steward it well I'll squander it I will take it and I'll hide it like the foolish guy who was in Joshua's army 
I, I'll do something stupid like that. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be stupid. Yeah. This is why we need the fear of the Lord right now. More than more than ever in my life, I am just like craving, like of all the things that you could offer to us right now, God, the fear of the Lord is what I want because I need wisdom. Yeah. Jump in, Pepper. And, you know, um, we were talking a little bit about Jabez. You know, and how what his name means, that it means, you know, trouble and sorrow and how he was birthed in that sorrow and how God changed his legacy. Because, you know, especially back in biblical times, your name was your legacy, you know. And so to be, to have a name like Jabez, you know, and then have that be your legacy, but you know, he came before God and, uh, Andy, do you have that scripture pulled up? I don't have it. Yeah, I've got it right here. Um, if only you would bless me, extend my border, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will not experience pain. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what he had been up to, what pain he had faced up to that point and what, what was, you know, to follow in his legacy. But, you know, he asked God and God granted him his request. But um, like I was saying earlier, and, and you guys have, have said the same thing, our hearts have to be positioned in the fear of the Lord. And so I just feel like God gave me some, just some practical tips that we can use to gauge, you know, because um, we, we need to do it prayerfully and in the fear of the Lord. So as I read the tips, you guys just jump in, you know, and, and share what's on your heart. Some of it you've already start sharing. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> Both you and Vince have already start sharing some of the tips. But the first one I give is ask God what to ask for and let the Holy Spirit lead your asking. You know, if God said, okay, the king is in the field, ask of me. Don't just start writing down a list of carnal stuff. <laughs> you know, um, ask God what to ask. You know, position yourself in the spirit. Um, and don't just ask for earthly things. But if it is earthly things, you know, um, ask rightly. Even You know, but... Primarily, don't neglect the spiritual promises, the spiritual inheritances, the spiritual goals. Because God said, if you seek him first, I'll take care of the other stuff. So ask God, you know, what to ask. Romans uh, 8.26. And, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So you need to pray in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will even direct you what to ask for. You know, how does Solomon know what to ask for? I believe that God <laughs> prompted him to pray the heart of God. Um, and then number two, ask God to help you gauge where your heart is in your asking. I'm going to read Matthew six nineteen through 24. Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. The eyes of the Spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. How profound will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? 
How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. And so a lot of people say money is evil. It's the love of money that's evil. It's, it's, it's this idolatrous position that we put things in money and people in and we try to serve two masters. So, um, put, you know, ask God, where is my heart at in this asking, you know? Number three, you guys can jump in anytime too if you have anything. Uh, number three, trust that however God works it out, in the end, you will be satisfied. And, uh, you know, Andy, you alluded to this too. We don't want God to allow us to have something that we just think we want, you know? to show us that we really don't want it, <laughs> you know, cause I believe in my own life, God has given me some things to show me. See, you don't want this. <laughs> so, um, Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to your, to his purpose. Uh, number four, is it something that can be unto the kingdom of God. And this is really important. You know, when you're asking God for something, whether it's earthly, whether it's natural or spiritual, you need to think about, is this something that can be unto the kingdom of God? Because he knows we need cars, we need houses. But if, if you say, God, I need a car for work, but then you never drive the car to church because you don't want to put miles on it. Is that unto the kingdom? Or you can't give your neighbor a ride because she's got five unruly kids and they'll get sticky candy all over your car (laughs) is that unto the kingdom you know so everything that we ask for we need to evaluate no matter how big or how small the asking is this unto the kingdom and so um you know scripture says if you ask with the wrong motives, you're not going to get what you ask for. And you're not going to get the favor of God on it. If you're just seeking your own pleasure, James four, one through three says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? You want what you don't have. Some of you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. But you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Mm. (laughs) Instead of being jealous and coveting what Vince has, just ask for it. Or what Angie has, just ask for it. Don't be jealous and word curse them and, (laughs) you know, and scheme and plot. And verse three, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. Mm. You want only what will give you pleasure. So, you know, you have to have the the right motives in your asking because it has to be unto the kingdom. Yeah. Um, And then uh, another thing I'll add to this is... um, you want your asking to be provoked by faith, not by fear, you know, and, and, and Vince, you alluded to this, you know, um, you don't want to be so overly concerned about meeting your own needs that you don't make space for God to do that, you know, because doesn't the world deceive us and don't we deceive ourselves in thinking that we are our own providers and we're not, um, Luke 12, 29 says, uh, and don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock. For it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. And he wants you to have, he wants us to have the kingdom. He wants us to have our inheritance. But the things we ask for 
need to be unto the kingdom. Right. Number five, is what you are asking God for something you can handle? And do you feel peace? It's kind of a two-part question. But, um, you know, as we said, you don't want something that's designed for somebody else. Because you're not going to be able to steward it well. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to ask God, I, I want to be a senior leader of a church like Angie, you know, because I, I don't know what what has had to go into her alabaster box. I don't know what God, how God has had to break her. You know, I, I, I don't want to covet. Now, it's OK to say, you know, I want that person's character and I want to be mentored by them if I have that burden on my heart that God wants to position me there but not just because I'm looking on the outside and it looks so glamorous mm -hmm. because you don't know what, what demons that person would happen to fight to stay in that position, you know? So um, be mindful. God says to count the costs. So be mindful of what you're asking. Can you handle it? You know, um, I won't say the shoes are too big because usually the shoes God puts us in are too big, <laughs> you know, but we may not be ready to be transformed into those shoes yet, you know. Yeah. It could be premature. Proverbs 10 22. Um, and this is the part of the question where I ask, and do you feel peace about what you're asking? Proverbs 10 22 says, the blessings of the Lord makes a person rich, and he has no sorrow with it. Now, a caveat to that. That doesn't mean that, you know, you won't have to make difficult decisions. And like you said, Andy, there will be risk involved. You know, uh, that doesn't mean that you won't feel some turmoil in your soul, Brown. But in your spirit, you know, you, you should have peace about what you're asking for. You know, if you ever ask God for something and you do like, eh, you shouldn't be asking for that. <laughs> you know, you, it just doesn't set well in your spirit. So, um, and then here again, you want to rely on Holy Spirit because it says we don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit leads us what to pray. And so, you know, um, and we see we see Jesus in the garden who had that tug of war going on, you know, between his soul and his spirit. But I believe that God's Holy Spirit helped him pray rightly because his soul was saying, who this is a lot. I don't think I can do this. But then we see his prayer shift where he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And, uh, in Hebrews, it talks about, you know, how the word of God helps you divide between soul and spirit. And sometimes, you know, that that's what we need is to be able to divide between what is the soul crying out and what is the spirit crying out. And so I like how I see, we see that tug of war that Jesus had in the garden because his soul was saying, can I really do it? I don't know, you know. But we know it was God's will. So, so, you know, do you feel peace? But is it in the spirit realm? Because there will be turmoil in some of the things that you're asking in the soul realm. But that doesn't mean it's not God's will. So be led by the spirit in your prayer. And then the last one I have is ask God how he wants to get the thing to you that you're asking for. And then be open to his means of changing your situation or giving you, you know, what you want to see changed or what you're asking him for. Um, and when, when I put down this tip, I thought of that song. Um, it, it, it's an old hymn, but it, it part of the lyrics are, Sometimes on the mount where the sun shines so bright, God leads his dear children along. Sometimes in the valley in the darkest night, God leads his dear children along. Some through waters, some through flood, some through great sorrow, but all through the blood. Uh, and, and I thought, you know, 
how does God, what is God going to take me through to get that, you know? And I can't look at how somebody else got what they got, but, but God has even our trials and our testing. They, they are custom made for us. Yeah. And so be open to whatever God wants to take you through to get that thing to you, because, you know, uh, there's going to be Daniel-like experiences, Joseph-like experiences, Job-like, and I say like because I don't know anybody who's really gone through what Job and Joseph have gone through, so I say like. But we'll have those kind of experiences, you know. And, and so we have to allow God to shape us on that potter's will, however he says we need to be shaped. Because if we let him shape us the way he desires, then we will be able to steward and carry the thing that we're asking for. Um, Philippians 4.19, but my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I love this. This is Deuteronomy 8.6. It says, and we were talking about obedience. Uh, so obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land fl- of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out of the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Deuteronomy 8:15. Do not forget the Lord that led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry, some through fire, some through flood, but all through the blood. (laughs) He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. And, And one thing about how he provided for them, you know, they wanted leeks and onions and all the stuff they had in Egypt, but they had to accept his provision that he provided for them, <laughs> you know, so they couldn't be their own provider. They had to accept the provision that he had and learn to find contentment in that. Um, he did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. And this is what Vince was talking about. Remember the Lord, your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant. He confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. And then the King James says, it is he who gives you power to get wealth. So, you know, ask God how he wants to, to get what he's trying to get to you, but be open to, to what he puts you through, whether it's fire, whether it's flood, he's doing all these things to humble us, to position our hearts, to test us so that when we do have the thing, we have the character and the structure to hold it. Yeah. So good. Um, I, I, I think that, on your last point and you were reading about how, you know, the God provided for them, but they didn't necessarily like what he was providing They had <laughs> yeah. for something else. And I think that we need to be very careful, especially moving into a, a new age that we do not still have a taste for yesterday mm-hmm. with, without this transition of even what we have a, a, a taste for, we will fall back into something that God is not prescribing right now. He is not looking for the same thing that happened six months ago. He, he's not looking for the same thing. So we need to be careful that that we have the right 
cravings that we're mm. after the right things. Cause I certainly don't want to be asking for squishy Jesus if it's not available. Because <laughs> yeah. then I, I, I am actually going backwards to, to worship a, an idolatrous thought an idolatrous memory. It's fine to remember. He says to remember, remember what he's done. I bank on remembering what he has done in my life and who he has been for me. But I can't go back to that space and want to dwell there and, and want, want to take up habitat there. I mean, it would be like me um, refusing to come out of a wilderness season, right? Like, no, I'm staying. I mean, like I've done this actually <laughs> where I'm mm-hmm. like, uh-uh, I like it here. It's safe here. People can't wound me here. It's just you and me, Jesus. And one day he just simply said, you can stay, but I'm leaving. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good sign that one should get up and, and leave. Um so I just want, I want us to be mindful of, you know, even asking, like we need to be asking for the appropriate things and um, that God, you fill me with what it is that you want me to taste and see. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I, I need him in the small, small things right now, because for the majority of us, what is familiar is what we will default to. And I want us to default to holiness. I want us to move with the cloud. I want us to move with his glory and and not get stuck in, in yesterday's patterns and rhythms because it is completely different. It's a completely different rhythm that he is establishing for us to discover, to, to live within. And, and that should delight us. That should delight us. Let us not be like Israel and, and pine for Egypt. We need all of that worked out of us. And this is this is one of the reasons why he's calling it the days of deliverance, because we need these things just, it's going to take days to get some of these things out of our system. Mm-hmm. Like we, we need a detox of, of, of the things that are no longer going to serve us or the kingdom. And, and you also mentioned that pepper in, in your um Tip number four, is it something that is unto the kingdom of God? And in that, you were talking about, you know, the, the, the jealousy aspect and, and all this. And, and I think that to, we need to be kingdom minded at all times and, and realizing that w- what it is that, that God is putting on Vince's heart to pray for actually benefits me. Like I need to get behind that ask when I, if we know that it's what God is seeding in him, we all need to get behind that and be like, yes, Jesus, you know, like we want to see this come to fruition because we all get to be in on what it is that Mm -hmm. that God is fulfilling in his life. Mm -hmm. And, and and that's what oneness is all about. Mm -hmm. If we are jostling for position and I am offended because of what the, what the father has chosen to, to offer vents in this coming season, then then this is, this is destroying kingdom, right? Like we need to do all things through the, the lens of the kingdom. How is this furthering the kingdom of God, right? Like this is all about the king who's in the field. Yeah. And and we have to, and and I've said it probably three or four different times now. And this is something that God shared with me last week is like where oneness is lacking, there's still an altar, you know, and and we need to take that seriously. It's not just a quippy phrase that the Holy Spirit came up with. He's calling for something, you know, there is oneness lacking in us. And where there's oneness lacking, we're holding the kingdom hostage. Hmm. That's good. We're one's enriched. We're all enriched, aren't we? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the way of the kingdom. Yeah. I love Pepper that you you were reading from Deuteronomy eight. You can you can read that that chapter and, and find uh, all of these uh, tips that you're giving. And, and this is what I was talking about earlier. Our actions mm-hmm. need to line up with. Uh, uh, the declaration that Jesus is enough that we are making here today that, that we want you to make over your own life is that Jesus is enough. And, and you could look and find all these tips encompassed in, in, in there. And I love the fact that, that God is taking them through, like, remember this, remember it, not to, to pine for it, to, to want to go back to it, but to say, I provided for you. 
we can look and see where his provision was at, at at points in our life. If we really sit down and look at it, and I've done this throughout uh, uh, my life and look back and say, in spite of my stupidity and dumb decisions and poor choices, God was still there providing for me. He was still there protecting me. And, And so you can go back and look at these things, but do so unto looking for the next time he's providing for you. Not, not to say, oh, I want to go back to that. I, I want to go back to Egypt and into bondage because I was provided for there. Or even uh, staying in the wilderness because daily I was provided for. I could, I could bank on the fact that every morning I could wake up and provision is there. Well, of course, that's going to continue always. You can bank on the fact that daily you're going to, you're going to wake up and provision will be there. But you know, like, like you talked about, Pepper, we have to be open to the fact that uh, uh, God is going to do it in whatever manner he wants. And so we need to be open to that, even if it's yeah. not what we think it's going to look like, because we we get those pictures in our head. We have an idea <laughs> of what the outcome's yeah. going to look like. And, yeah. and we can't be serving the the uh, uh, imagined outcome that we have because it, it may not look like that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, That's true. All, all of these tips, you know, are, are very mindful for you and and being able to um, have actions that say, yes, Jesus is enough. Yeah. And, and, and again, you can find all of this wrapped up in that Deuteronomy 8. It's such a phenomenal uh, uh, chapter. And, and I love Deuteronomy 8.18, where uh, it, it is God who has given you this, the power to create or generate wealth mm-hmm. yeah in, in in all its varied forms not mm-hmm. just money. Mm-hmm. the other morning i i was outside right after it had rained and it was a really sunny morning and so and the backyard is just filled with trees and any direction that i looked there was just rain dripping off of every leaf and it was just a beautiful scene and and god is kind of like you know you like that and i'm like yeah it's just pretty <laughs> and he's like that's just a sampling of my provision i mean yeah. trees dripping with the, the rain and 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 he's saying it's just a sampling of his provision and so this goes back to you know what we were saying in the very beginning is like uh, our inheritance is sonship and and all that is his is ours if we'll just lay hold of it mm-hmm. in in right regard right like I, I again i don't want us to lay hold of anything if we cannot rightly steward it unto yeah. holiness if it cannot return in a, a an overflowing measure to the one who is worthy of it all then i don't want it but it's ours to lay hold of. It's ours to utilize. It's ours to build the kingdom with. And and God is calling for people who are capable of stretching the kingdom to the ends of the earth so that all can discover his greatness. All can, can give voice to his worth. I mean, isn't that what we are here for is to teach others to give voice to the worth of the king of all kings. Mm-hmm. That's why we exist. We don't exist to fulfill a, a, a title. Yeah. We exist to call others up to where we're at to give voice to the worth of the king. Mm-hmm. That's good. I just love Jesus. I mean, you guys, we, what an honor. It's just such an honor. It really is. It's an honor to be called to give our lives up for the one who gave it all. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about the cost, but I mean, is it really that great of a cost to give up the world for Christ? To give up the world for the kingdom? I think not. It's not even comparable. He's enough.
And it will cost us everything. It will. So consider carefully. Yeah, consider carefully. <gasps> hmm. But when you weigh it in light of our Savior, and there, there's no balancing giving up everything else for him because yeah. he's way up here and the rest of the stuff's way down there. So it makes it easy when you look at it in that light. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> when yeah. he's weighing the balance, he's never found. <clears throat> <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. The things we desire, you know, they're lacking. And that's why many of us have had that where we've gone from thing to thing to thing because we're still figuring out only Jesus satisfies the thirsty. Only soul. Jesus. <laughs> only Jesus. If if our calling isn't to minister to him first, we've missed it. We've missed it. Yeah, I, I love Acts 17, 28, it's through him that we live and function and have our identity in, in him. We live, we move, we exist. And, and with that, uh, for, for me, he is absolutely enough. There, there, there can be, um, if that's the case in, in, in him, uh, I live, function and have identity, mm-hmm. then he's enough. Every time. Every time. Every time. Hmm. Jesus. I don't know how to end this. (laughs) I don't don't either. (laughs) I feel like we're done, though. (laughs) Yes. I'm just going to sit here and continue to repeat everything you guys are saying. I'm a little love drunk. (laughs) <laughs> well let's just end with prayer and, Go and for it. father <laughs> you know you you just said that it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom and so god we're just going to make a general corporate request all of us to you mm-hmm. and ask king jesus would you give us the kingdom would you give us the kingdom We are seeking you and your kingdom first. You said we have not because we ask not. And you say when we ask out of the wrong motives, we don't get it. And we don't. So we don't want anything that doesn't have your favor and your blessing upon it. So we're going to start right here. And then you'll direct us in our own personal time what to ask for. But we're going to begin right here as a body, as a family, and say, Jesus, give us the kingdom. Give us the kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we thank you, God, for our inheritance. We thank you that you are enough, that you are all sufficient, that you fill every void, that there's nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking Mm. in our Prince of Peace. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Amen. Well, guys, thanks for joining us this morning. Hopefully you're feeling what we're feeling right now. I feel like much. (laughs) Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. So um, we bless the rest of your Wednesday and we'll talk soon.